Hey everybody, what's going on? It's Chris Czar and welcome to the Chris Czar Podcast for Monday, April 25th, 2022 and your boy is just checking in on you. How are you gang? You would never believe it, but this last weekend, this last weekend, I got a lot of happy birthday wishes. And so for those of you that checked in on me, thank you. That was fucking amazing. You know what's even more unbelievable than that? Your boy went ham on Saturday night. I did this thing that I've never done before, and that was get a table at a club. Not just get a table, but get a bottle. Not just get a bottle, but get two bottles at the club. And you know what? We dance, we cried, we laughed, and we had a really, really, really good time. <laughs> yeah, it was it was outstanding, actually. Uh, it was Bloom Nightclub downtown. You heard me talk about that before. It's where I bartend. The owners hooked it up. They, uh, they hooked us up quite a bit, gave us some... Or maybe not red carpet treatment, because there's no red carpet at the club. <laughs> but some black carpet treatment, which is just as good, right? <laughs> black carpets matter. And um, I, felt, I felt very lucky. You know, I had a couple of brothers come down. You know, I got, I got four of them. One of them is just north of 21, and one is not too far behind me, hanging in there at... 28 and one of the brothers brought me a bottle of Don Don Julio Primavera and uh, that was fantastic and tasty took a shot of that with the bros and then made some espresso martinis which by the way is uh basically a high class Red Bull vodka <laughs> and the same type of bitches love it I'll tell you what bro <laughs> The same, the same people that be asking for Red Bull Vodkas at the club love an espresso martini. And it is, it's better tasting. I mean, I made it, so you know it's awesome. And had a really good friend, Jimmy. We'll call him Jimmy for this episode. Jimmy lives about a mile from the nightclub, and that was going to be our rendezvous rally point. And, uh, and he did the fucking most. Shout out to MVPs. Shout out to MVBs, most valuable bros. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the people who act like your family, even though they're not blood. That was amazing. Let me let me dial down for you what this guy did. Not only did he open up his place for us, but he also cleaned that place spick and span. He also got all the booze that we needed for the night. Some topo seltzers, which the people loved. The ingredients for the espresso martinis, which was awesome. Some plastic martini ware, which is just a cut above. And on top of all that, on top of all that, he got your boy a Monte Cristo cigar and his lady was a team mom for the evening and drove me and my brothers to the club. Can you believe it? I couldn't believe it either, folks. It was top notch friendship and it didn't stop there there was another friend who brought a motherfucking pinata <laughs> a pinata of all things wow 
<laughs> and in there, you wouldn't believe it. But there were screwballs, which I thought I got that mixed up with screwdrivers. I was like, ugh, got some vodka OJ in packets. But no, there are these tiny bottles of the peanut butter whiskey. <laughs> that and Hershey Kisses. It was an adult fucking pinata. It was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. <clears throat> and uh, so that was that was just what happened before we went to the club. And then uh, once we got there, man, Sage Armstrong came on like 15 minutes afterwards. And he threw down. He got some hip hop. He's got some Dirty Bird house. And he brought back some hits, man. I heard Move For Me. It was a Sage Armstrong cut. But I heard Cascades Move For Me at the club. Holy smokes. <laughs> so what I say, we cried. There were happy tears. I couldn't believe that that song played. Heads will roll. A-track. Let's fucking go. The only thing that we were missing was levels, I think. If he would have done that, Oriana's Love in a Hopeless Place. Good Lord, son. <laughs> good Lord. It would have been too much. I think it would have been too much. But yeah, I... uh I learned a few things about clubbing. And for those of you that haven't gotten uh, a table at the club, here's some things that you ought to know. Number one, when you show up to a club, if you tip your person who's escorting you, you will get treated like royalty. I did that, and we got treated like royalty. Definitely do that. Number two, when the club says, we're going to comp you a bottle, they'll comp you the bottle, which... You'd be surprised, a bottle of vodka, Sky, you know, not a, not a plastic vodka brand, but not exactly Grey Goose. They'll run you a cool $400 if you get the bottle, but if they comp it, it's not going to be for free. You're going to get a service charge. <laughs> so be mindful of that. And the service charge is going to be uh, the cost of the bottle times two, probably. So keep that in mind. And um Number three, you definitely want to get at least two rounds of bottles. That is a really good move. Because the first time they brought it out, they had like the lights and stuff. And that was kind of cool, right? But the second time they came out, they had some confetti pop. They had this LED birthday cake that said happy birthday. Nice bottle of Casamigos tequila. Hell yeah, son. It was epic. It was absolutely epic. I had a nice group, by the way, if you're wondering... What is a good size to roll with to the club? 15. 15. We were, I sent out 25 invites. We got 15 people come through. Some people had some last minute stuff come up. But 15 people is a solid amount. And you know what's going to happen after you're at the club? <laughs> you're going to get those bottle vultures, bro. <laughs> you're going to get those nearby folks. I'm like, hey, man, let's come up. And of course, of course, you bring them up because 15 people are not going to finish two bottles of liquor on their own. And if you're going to be dropping like north of 500 bucks for booze, then you betcha, you betcha believe you're going to finish every single drop. So we did it. Yeah, we fucking did it. And uh, if my voice sounds a little gravelly, it's because, yeah, I had a cigar this weekend and yeah, smoked a little joint on that same day and yeah, ripped a bit of some, uh, some vape pen, some e-cigarettes <laughs> and I don't 
regret a goddamn thing. So did I have tequila? Yes. Did I have vodka? Yes. Did I have more tequila? Yes. Did I have whiskey? Maker's Mark ginger? Yes. Did I get a second one of those? Of course. And did they add another float of Maker's Mark to that? Definitely. Because <laughs> my friends and coworkers are at the club and they want to see me get sauced. That being said, with all that and the espresso martini, when I woke up the next day, did I have a hangover? Bless the Lord, I didn't. Bless the Lord, I did not. <laughs> was I a little slow? Was I a little sluggish? Yeah. Yes. Yes, I was. But uh, yeah, I felt like the closest I've ever been to being Jesus, I think. <laughs> the fact that I had that much, I did, and I was cycling in those waters, okay? And, and I did prep well going into the day. I ate well and got enough sleep the night before, and I was drinking water throughout the day. So I'm sure all of that helped, but when I woke up the next day with no headache, with, with no soreness, with no, with no tummy aches either, you best believe I felt like God's son. <laughs> yeah, and that, and that was fantastic. So for those of you that joined me and came out for that, thank you. Um, I wrote a pretty cool piece, which I haven't done in a while, was just write some heartfelt stuff. And I went to drop it in my caption on Instagram, and Instagram was all like, your caption's too long, and I was like, fuck. <laughs> did it again whoops being verbose and long-winded it's good for podcasts it's not good <laughs> not good for your instagram caption so what i did was what i've noticed celebrities do in their apology letters and i went into the notes app because <laughs> that's where you write stuff from the heart right that's where that's where you get vulnerable is in the notes <laughs> app of your iphone and so I went in there and I had to judge the size of the screenshots just right. So that way, so that way, you know, it would, it would come out nice throughout the slides on Instagram and it came out well. And I titled it Monaghan Boy. And for those of you that heard Monaghan Boy and was like, ah, I'm sort of familiar with that. And even those of you who heard that and they're like, that is the fucking horse from Peaky Blinders. We just became best friends. I love you. <laughs> And yeah, it was uh, it was the title of the opening horse in Peaky Blinders. And for those of you that don't exactly remember what happened in the opener, it begins with Tommy Shelby, our main character, <clears throat> riding out on a black horse, and people are looking up at him from the street, and there's a a sense of depression in the air bleakness about the town right mud in the streets and uh and a man on a horse looks like judging by the people's reaction is something to see and this horse gets led to this chinese woman who did this this red powder trick which is a symbol of fortune and tommy tells the people in the street to bet on monaghan boy in the upcoming horse race and that horse wins and that horse wins again. <laughs> and uh, I guess legend has it that when you're trying to pull a fix, you have a horse win two races like that back to back, and you have them smoke. And then in the third race, when everybody puts their money in, that's when you pull the plug. Of course, <laughs> that's what happens if you're running a, <clears throat> what do we call that? 
a gang, a racket. <laughs> Having the the poor the poor folks lose their fucking ass just when they sure they have a sure bet because I've seen that horse win not once, not twice, and not just get the blessing of a Chinese woman, but this third time you know it's gonna be firing. <laughs> Pull out the rug from folks. <clears throat> Which of course is not the lesson. <laughs> That's not the lesson at all. The title for the piece, Monaghan Boy, was in part because I dressed like a peaky boy. I dressed like a, a peaky blinder boy on a Saturday night. Had a nice Oxford white tee with uh with a heather blended vest. Looks really nice. Gold chain for good looks. A watch and some rings for good look. I did, though, modernize it a little bit. Did not go with dress slacks because I don't know who the fuck is wearing dress pants. <laughs> Unless it's legitimately formal or if I'm like in the NFL draft for some reason. I'm really not a guy who wears dress slacks. No, I'm a type of guy who wears black jeans with a little cuff at the bottom, a couple of rolls. Got that from my brother, Devin. Came in real tight, by the way. Saw a barber. Got my lines razored in. Looking real hot, real snazzy. And uh, funky socks, groovy socks. Had some loud red pattern socks. So when you look down there, if you look down there, you saw my Doc Martens. My rest of my formal-ish fit. And then these fun socks, because fun socks are fun. <laughs> yeah, and... Uh, and I did want to have my brothers and I wear those fucking caps that the Peaky Boys had, but my brothers clowned on me for that. And I'm like, come on, guys. <laughs> wear the cap. It'll be nice. I felt like a, a bride trying to convince her bridesmaids <laughs> to, to do something fun and funky, you know, together. And they just were not having it. So no caps. But uh, I was dressed up like that and knew I was going to have a Peaky theme. And I remember that scene of Tommy coming out on that horse. And I wondered, because it's such a a cinematic, uh, maybe not masterpiece, but a real masterful series, what the meaning was with that horse. Like, does the name Monaghan have a meaning? And it does, as it turns out. The name Monaghan, I guess, points to a few things. But uh, on the one hand, it's a, a name for someone who's ambitious and enterprising and optimistic about their future, creative, definitely independent, happy to go off the rails a little bit, and also a monk of sorts, which for those of you that are Peaky fans, you get it, you know? Yeah, Tommy ends up being uh, something close to a prime minister high up in the uh, the British Parliament. But at his essence, the boy's a gypsy. <laughs> he speaks gypsy. He's raised in the streets. They make jokes about wagons and chasing chickens and whatnot. He does his best not to have any papers on record about where he was born and that type of thing. And the weird thing was, as that story goes in World War I, they couldn't draft him and his brothers, because they didn't have the right paperwork and connection to the government for them to know who to draft, but they volunteered and signed up. Now, am I saying that I'm Tommy Shelby? Fuck no. <laughs> no, 
No, I'm not. I'm not the type of guy who could tunnel in the mud and fight hand-to-hand combat in the darkness and hear Nazis, or not Nazis, but the enemy Germans hammering away on the other side of that wall and, frankly, survive such conditions. I don't feel like that's in my constitution. I also don't feel that after something like that, that I would come back and throw my medals of honor into the river. And I don't think I'm the type of guy who would go on to start a gang of sorts (laughs) in my ambition for riches. However, I don't mind going dark, clearly. (laughs) And I got high hopes. I got high fucking hopes. So I'm going to be doing things unconventionally. I have for the last few years. I'm going to continue to do that for the next few years. And for those of you that are that are here with me, fuck yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Now, real quick, how about them Padres, huh? <laughs> they won one game against the Dodgers and they did it in extra innings. Well done. Hey, yo. <laughs> Still above 500. Hey, yo. <clears throat> nice job, Padres. Did they get smoked in the other couple of games against the Dodgers? Yeah. Does it seem like they're on the Dodgers level? No. <laughs> and that's just from watching highlights and stuff. I was way too busy this weekend to actually be watching the Padre games. But hey, the Padres did get a win. So a little tip of the cap for the Padres actually winning one in extra innings against the motherfucking Dodgers. Good job. Now, plowing ahead past that, uh, I had some friends, as I mentioned before, who couldn't make it this weekend to the club and one of those friends uh, had to wait to tell me at the last minute because there was an announcement that he needed to make that needed to be done with the permission of a significant other which if you want to talk about feminism I think feminism's got it in the bag (laughs) and that's how ladies are getting their men to act that what the fuck do you want right (laughs) <laughs> but that aside, the big uh, announcement, the big surprise was, was that uh, he was having a baby shower. Uh, an unexpected one. I didn't know that he was dating somebody. And um, when your homie announces a baby shower unexpectedly, you know, I just, I wasn't sure if I should say congratulations or I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> I mean, right? <laughs> it's like, ah, uh, shucks. <laughs> That's a bummer. Um, and is that, you know, is that the right way to celebrate a new life, Chris? No, no, it's not. But I did just say I like to go dark, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but that that did get me thinking. Is it? we're having a baby or not i just i feel like women want it both ways on that one (laughs) right like they want to get real real big pat on the backs real big pat on the backs for giving birth which by the way is a miracle not snubbing that at all but maybe just if you're gonna pat yourself that much on the back for having the baby then maybe just leave the we part out (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like we 
we, especially in this situation, especially in this situation, like you're kind of, <laughs> you're kind of enforcing the we <laughs> because uh, the me in this case isn't going to be able to follow through on this thing on uh, her own, right? <laughs> Which I know, cold, real brr, cold, but you know, I just, just calling it like I see it, right? Just being an MLB umpire here, right? Just calling, calling balls and strikes as they hit the strike zone as I see it. Am I going to be off a little bit? Well, uh, call me Angel Jimenez. <laughs> Only like in the cut baseball fans will get that one, but I'll leave that joke aside. Uh, but yeah, another kind of wild thing I heard a, a lady say this week was... Um, it was Earth Day, which is cool, by the way. I love when people celebrate Earth Day because, uh, one, there's not a lot of people who celebrate Earth Day, and there's a lot of people who claim to be hippies <laughs> and environmentalists. So <laughs> it just gives me a chance to like be like, yeah, I see you. I, I fucking see you. It's like people who claim to be Catholics but not celebrate Christmas or Easter. It's like, all right, there's no... There's no fucking, there's no way, there's no way, like the bare minimum, if you're Catholic, is to do Easter Christmas, <laughs> that, <laughs> that's your bare minimum, if if you're not doing that, then hop off the Catholic train, you don't even have to be Catholic, it's not even cool these days, you don't have to pretend like it's the year 1300, <laughs> there's, no, there's no real clout in the Catholic church these days, you're not needing to buy yourself forgiveness with indulgences, Right? You're fine. You're fine. But environmentalists, though. You know? People real big. Real big on, gotta love the earth. I hate Republicans because they don't do enough for our environment. And then Earth Day comes around. They're like, I didn't even know we had an Earth Day. <laughs> like, I think National Donut Day gets a lot more press on Instagram than Earth Day, which, you know... That's just America. <laughs> There's, if there wasn't a better way to explain America, uh, I dare you. I <laughs> implore you to find a better way to describe American society. <laughs> that aside, I was saying uh, that uh, some lady I heard say uh, in a caption, so I guess not heard, I read. She said, thank you, Earth. Uh, thank you, Hawaii. Thank you, San Diego slash Kumiae land. And um, when when I got to see in that, it reminded me of something. It it reminded me that um, it's wild how that type of person gives land ownership only to indigenous people. <laughs> Like, like they're pretty Marxist in some ways where they're like, nah, fuck landowners. People own land. <laughs> Down with them. Off with their heads. Ha ha ha. <laughs> they're talking about like white people colonizers. Like they're the fucking devil. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, you know, land, land is only owned by indigenous people. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, is that right? <laughs> Based on what? Dibs? <laughs> you know, they just like, 
they got there first and like, dibs, this is our place. This is mine now. <laughs> this is ours. <laughs> and these people, indigenous folks, they weren't like, I mean, as far as I've never been educated in this realm, so maybe I'm getting out of my wheelhouse, but I don't remember indigenous people. I don't remember Indians drawing maps. Yeah, like I, I don't remember Indians having like civic duty where they're drawing lines that way they know how to levy taxes and give public services to their community. <laughs> right? No, I don't think I don't think they were doing any of that. I think they were just living on the land, man. <laughs> if they were hunters, following the herd, following where they graze, in which case, you know, does does indigenous land depend on where the buffalo roam? <laughs> right? <laughs> And if that's the case, then uh, is it right for that few of people to have that much land? It's like basically the same shit. <laughs> well, what are you going to do? You're just going to confine a bunch of people to stay where you are and never explore, never go. <laughs> yeah, you know, there was a period of time where people were allowed to do that. K okay, man, as the human population began to boom and as people developed color on their skin and went to different pieces of the continent then only after like the year 300 did we stop giving people land <laughs> it's like is that is that where you're gonna go with that sure all right <laughs> knock yourself the fuck out <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't know. i just i feel like on the one hand yes Let's give some shout outs to Indian people. That's for sure. Like, I really love preserving history and heritage. Um, just with one asterisk, one exception. Um, not exactly in like the Southern white, the South will rise again <laughs> type of history preservation. Although the whole pulling down statues thing, like, of good people too, you know, like, let's pull down the statue of Abraham Lincoln. Like what the, f not that guy. <laughs> you don't have to do that guy or other people in that class. Right. I think you're fine. Or even like Robert E. Lee, General Lee. Was he on the bad side of the war? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was. But in terms of military history, I think if you look at military strategists and, and icons from from that realm, man, that was a guy that that was that was a West Point graduate, if I'm not mistaken. I feel like he went to West Point with Ulysses S. Grant. Let's see, Robert E. Lee School. Let's take a look here. So uh, he went to high school in Fairfax County, Virginia. Um, and apparently Louisiana too. That's pretty cool. And, um, oh, fuck. Maybe I'm actually wrong about that. Already leaves school at West Point. www.imright.com. Oh, uh, let's see here. What should West Point do about its Robert E. Lee problem from the Modern War Institute? Uh, let's see here. Um, blah, 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 veneration, comfort removals of displays of Lee at West Point. 
um, because his place of honor, West Point, occurred as a result of blah, 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 underrepresented black officers in the U.S. Army. True. Um, yeah, so I want to find out if he was a graduate of West Point. Um, here we go. Yeah, he was second in his class from West Point. Thank you. I've, well, what is this from? PBS.org. Okay. Can confirm. Not www.imright.com. <laughs> but from a legitimate <clears throat> educational source. And he never received a demerit. So when you talk about, one, a hard fucking academy being West Point. Two, having graduated through that without ever receiving a negative mark. And three, being really active in it because your own family, in this case, Lee's family, had some bad investments that landed him in like a debt prison. That all that is a really positive story, right? And if you graduate at the top of your class from one of the best schools in the country, and when you have such a drive for perfection that earned a nickname called the Marble Model. You know, you just, you got to think that, hey, maybe this was a really good guy who defended the place that he came from, which was the South. And, you know, maybe you think to yourself, if he went out to, uh, if he went out to be a general, and a rising star in the U.S. military. Maybe you might be smart enough. Maybe you might have the heart enough to stand up for black folks, right? And you might think, well, why? Why did he decide not to do that? And apparently, also, there was an offer to Lee to command the Union Army of the North. And the reason being was because he was unwilling to fight against his home state of Virginia. And so that's why he resigned from the U.S. Army. And that's why he wrote, with all of my devotion to the Union and the feeling of loyalty and duty of an American citizen, I have not been able to make up my mind to raise my hand against relatives my children, and my home. And so, maybe, maybe, that's a good statue to keep up. Huh? <laughs> right? It's like, when we have, when we come to, to grips like this, when we come to tension like this, when, when you get into the nuances of, of why people do things, even if on a macro level, they end up being associated with the wrong side of history, or with, with, a lack of compassion for a whole class of human beings. When you zoom in that much, and when that type of history gets to be looked at again, then maybe someone from the future who's in a similar position, a top-ranking officer of a high-class institution of their nation, who has deliberated, deliberated for... What is the right thing to do? Do I 
go against my family? Do I quote unquote raise a hand against my relatives and my home? Or do I stand up for the union? Do I stand for a fight against slavery? Do I stand for a fight against separatists? Hey, man. <laughs> if that icon is there and that statue is there and, and a person like that isn't torn to shreds and that nuance is revealed, then maybe someone in the future can learn from that history and do something right. Perhaps. I don't fucking know. What is this? A fucking history podcast? No. No, it's not. Maybe I just got really scared. <laughs> it's like, am I actually am I actually gonna stand up for, for Robert Lee here? And in a sense, I did. And in a sense, I will. Because I'm not going to blame a guy for not wanting to, to hurt his own family and relatives. Also, by the way, that was all done without like a PR rep. <laughs> That's like quotes from a handwritten letter. <laughs> so if someone were able to like tweet that these days, yeah, of course, they're going to get scorned in the future. But fuck it. You know, let's just, you know what? In fact, let's just erase the whole goddamn thing. Let's hit that reset button. <laughs> and Earth right now is like, I'm trying to do that with COVID. <laughs> a lot of people still be like, it was made in a lab. <laughs> and I could go really either way on that. But, uh, you know, these are the things that I think about <laughs> when I hear, <laughs> when I see someone write, uh, saying thank you to so many entities and being all like, uh, maybe not white people though. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, fuck it. All right. I got one more. I got one more for you here. So <clears throat> I got to thinking the term making fun has a really bad rap. Which is so strange because we celebrate creators, we celebrate people who make things, and fun is never something that we drag or disown or put a thumbs down towards. No one's ever like, boo, fun, unless you're a cunt, right? <laughs> unless you're some negative Nancy, unless you're some party pooper that no one wants to be friends with. No one boos fun. But when it comes to making fun... No, no, can't do that. <clears throat> can't be making fun of people. <laughs> can't be making fun at people. Can't be making fun with people. That's no good. And then there was a follow-up thought to that. And I was like, oh, nobody says making fun with people. But I feel like we ought to use the term making fun when we talk about something like making love, but not in like the husband and wife sense, more like in the, hey, we just got really horny and let's be a little slutty sense. <laughs> right? It's like, did you hook up? Like, no, we just, we made some fun last night. <laughs> that's what, that's what it is, right? <clears throat> it's chemicals and electricity and feel good feelings. You know, some some sensations, a little bit of friction, right? A lot of laughter, a lot of joy, okay? Euphoria, if it all goes well. But it's not like 
gazing deep into someone's eyes and telling them, yeah, I'm ready to have a future with you. I want to raise a family with you. I want to build a home together. When I go to work, I go to work because I'm thinking of you. I would sacrifice the rest of my life. I would give up the rest of my friends. I would abandon my family. I would set down every other ambition I have in my life. If that meant I had to spend my last few moments on this earth with you. While your penis is soaking inside of her. That's not <laughs> That's not what we're talking about. <laughs> no, we're talking about the we're talking about the other thing, right? Where you kind of like liquored up, maybe add like a point of Molly, something like that. <laughs> you know, you've been friends for a while. So you're like kind of familiar with each other. And you just thought, ah, you know, this this is good. Let's let's do it. Let, let's fucking do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's like one of those things where you don't even kiss. Like <laughs> your lips never met each other. Like your lips, your lips went other way, but they never touched each other on the mouth. <laughs> right? If if you did that and both of you had orgasms, you definitely made fun, not love. And hey, make fun, not babies. <laughs> make love, not war. I don't know. It's all in that same ballpark. All right, folks. That's what I got for you for today's podcast. Thanks for dropping in. Send me the smoke, stories, comments, all that good stuff to me on Instagram at Christopher Czar. Subscribe. That really helps with the algorithm. Also, if it's available for you to leave a review, some stars on the Apple podcast or Spotify podcast, I welcome that too. Enjoy the rest of your week. I love you. Take care. And I'll see you back here on Thursday for the next edition of the Chris Czar podcast. Peace.